Ready? Ready. Right. It is Sunday night once again. This is the Getting Off Topic Podcast. This is Tony. That's Todd. Yay. We're back. We are Uh, back. One week ahead of schedule. Because uh, next Sunday we'll be doing very important uh, (laughs) D&Ding. Attempting to, at least. Attempting to. We're we're in the learning process right now. Oh, boy. (laughs) This this is going to be an experience. This is my first time running a campaign as a DM. So Mm. I've played with a number of campaigns. I've played with uh, Lens and her group for a couple of years. I think we played off and on for like two or three years. Mm. Played with another group off and on. I've played various D&D games a couple of times. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Ooh, that sounds good. Uh, and I have also like, I don't know, just, just, I've, I've been a huge fan of D and D forever. I've just never had a group that has really been solid enough to stick with it. Like even, even Lynn's group, we were pretty regular for a while, but that was a once a month game. And for D and D it's kind of like, you want to play like at least twice a month, to get a really good feel for it and to keep the players invested. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Having, having friends as adults. <laughs> yeah. Long time established friends. Like uh, just think of how often you figure out getting together just, you know, for regular hangout and then add on to that. Hey, who's interested in some regular D and D. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the kicker. Yeah. Like I got, I've got a group of, I got a group of like 20 friends that I can call friends, but uh, out of all of them, I think Meg is probably the only one interested in, well, Meg and Tim are the only ones interested in actually playing D and D. Hey guys, who wants together and do some fantasy math? (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to chuck some math rocks down? (laughs) The clickety clackety math rocks. Math rocks title of the podcast <laughs> uh no, not you... math rocks math rocks rocks <laughs> bag of rocks uh no you were you were starting to get into it before i hit record and then i said wait till i hit record oh yeah uh, so i am slowly like learning i i kind of knew this getting into it but i'm learning how an expensive of a habit dnd be- can become especially as a dungeon master what so <laughs> first off the books are expensive uh there's a minimum of three books you need as a dungeon master that's the the player's handbook the the monster the monster manual that gives you all the stats of the monsters and all that stuff and then there's the dm's guide so you need all three of those well you don't, you don't really need the dm's guide you can kind of get away without having that one mm-hmm. but the first two you do need um, and we we probably need all the the training wheels we can get. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> pretty much. We need, we need bumper bowling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then uh, so that was the hardback ones. I bought those in, in a bundle for like ninety bucks. Um, now in times of COVID, everybody is playing virtually and online, so you need the books digitally. And there is no discount. There is no like coupon code or anything in the hardbound books to get a digital copy. So if I want it digitally, I have to buy it digitally, especially if I want it to to be integrated in 
the 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 main D&D website where a lot of people use to create characters and stuff like that. Huh. So I've had I had to buy the the player's guide a second time digitally. So it, that was another 35 bucks. So you, uh, you can't just look at the uh well I can, but I did that because I didn't want everybody to have to buy a copy of the book. Oh, gotcha. That makes sense. So because I bought it as the DM and I have a subscription, that's another thing. I have to have a subscription to D&D Beyond. That's another like six bucks, six bucks a month. Oh, so, yeah. So I bought the book on D&D Beyond. And as the dungeon master, I can share that with every every one of the players that are in my group. So if, if mm-hmm. Meg doesn't buy the, the player's handbook, she can use it through D&D Beyond, through, through my campaign. Shannon and Andrew, Mike and Tim can all do the same. If they, if they choose to. Now, a lot of the stuff can be found online in various wikis and and uh, waves where buccaneers sell. So <laughs> you don't necessarily have to purchase the books if you don't want to. Ah, um, that's a, those yeah. uh, torrential uh, waves. Downpours. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 You, you can get those. The torrential uh, high seas. <laughs> But then you don't have access to them inside of D&D Beyond, and that's where a lot of your character stuff is kept, and that can kind of hamstring. But like, it's it's not a big, it's not a huge deal. That's not the huge deal. Right. And then there's like the accessories, the stuff you get on the side. Like you need dice, you need multiple sets of dice. Uh, so much so that I bought a literal bag of dice holding. Looks like a hefty bag. Yeah, it's a giant bag filled with, I think, over a hundred dice, a hundred math rocks. Yeah. Oh my God! Why would you yeah. need that many? You don't. <laughs> you don't. You just saw the shiny you... and needed to have it. Yeah. Well, you yeah. you need some as the DM. You need you need a, a good chunk of them. Um, you need at least. I would say 10 sets of each type of die because you certain rolls you can have up to 10 dice rolling at the same time. Like you can roll the dice multiple times, but it's easier to just roll like 10 dice at the same time. All right. So there's that. And then you also have to have a fancy set of dice. So I have a fancy Ooh. set of blue and silver. Those look like they came out of uh like the OG Battlestar Galactica or uh, or Star Tours or something. <laughs> Yeah, these these are these were twenty bucks, and these are hefty, like solid metal dice. Yeah, I was these actually metallic blue with uh, chrome edges. Those are yeah, sweet. They're actually really nice. I'm I'm glad I bought these. I was I was on the fence of buying these because I was looking. Amazon had a lot of like nice sets of dice that were interesting, but I think this one caught my eye the most. Nice. So, and then I've got a uh, this is just a basic tray just to roll in, just plastic and and a like a little fabric uh, base to catch them. But you, they ha- there's a company called Wormwood that does specialized like wooden dice trays and dice towers and DM uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I've heard of them before, yeah. Yeah, they... Yeah. Yeah. They do entire tables too like if 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 you have a home game with players and like they they make entire fucking tables if i hit the lottery i am like fully decking out in like a wormwood giant ass table oh i could see you going all out that i don't know if you caught that (laughs) on the mic but meg said uh satine uh partners with them yeah uh satine partners with them with her stuff i think 
she still works for uh, Wizards of the Coast D and D directly, right? Or is she yeah. doing yeah. her own thing? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <clears throat> Yeah, you're going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All in all, um, with the 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 digital books, and then oh, and then I had to buy software for us to play on. Like we can use free software. There, there's free software you can use, but it's garbage. It's the budget. Uh, Is that really yeah, last time the roll twenty or something? Yeah, that's the free stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's well, that one's like a freemium. Mm-hmm. It has the free version, but then there's aspects you have to pay for. And then uh, modules and stuff that you have to buy in there and stuff like that. And it's just not, the software itself is not very good and very buggy and laggy. Um, If we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. (laughs) Yeah. So I bought a license to what's called Foundry Virtual Tabletop. And it's considered probably the best virtual tabletop software out there. Um, It's a one-time purchase, 50 bucks. Uh, Only I have to buy it. The players don't have to buy it. They can just join off of me. Well, that's so, good. It's not another fucking subscription. Yeah, no subscription for it, just a one-time purchase. Cool. Yeah, but uh, it, it's an expensive hobby. <laughs> Most well, hobbies. Well, if you are. do it this way, it's an expensive hobby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can certainly, you can certainly, if you're meeting up in person, old school with books and paper. You literally only need like one or two sets of dice per person, one or two books for the table, and yeah. and if you're in the base, if you're in the basement with the Funyuns and the Mountain Dew, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're in a if you're in your friend's room or basement, uh, Stranger Things style in 1980 something, then yeah, you'll save a buck or two. But now we're... yeah, well, you save a lot more. You you can definitely play on a budget when when you're friends sitting at home together because online you kind of have to hold people's attention more um when because like you're just you get distracted you got kids running around you got uh your phone sitting next to you you got another monitor or tv next to you yeah you're dnding through a zoom call (laughs) yeah when when you're sitting at a table with all of your friends like you're literally talking to each other while the game is going so you you can hold your attention there but Hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll muddle through it. <laughs> <laughs> right, for the listeners at home, <laughs> Meg just took a swig of my my very classy Mike's Hard Lemonade Strawberry Spritzer or Ooh. Seltzer. Excuse me. Yeah, this is part of the the palette of drinks that my, my dad sent me home with after uh, Christmas. It tastes like somebody put one of these warheads into some water. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Mike's heart. It's, it's basically just sugar water with alcohol in it. I don't think I've had a Mike's heart since like a, a friend RV camping trip when I was like 20. Something like wow. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have <laughs> Mike's hard black, black chair. <laughs> this has been sitting in my in my mini fridge for about two years now. <laughs> wow, <laughs> ain't we classy? D and D and Mike's hard guys. We're we're going hard yeah. tonight. All right, enough of this fucking nerd shit. Dungeons and Dragons. Let's uh, talk about comic book movies. 
<laughs> uh, well, first, actually, I think we need to get the bad news out of the way because let's get it out of the way and then we could have fun times because fucking A, like people are dropping like flies. Yeah, no uh, shit, man. Yeah. Two of them were kind of gut punches this week. Uh, uh, Mr. Loaf himself. Um, so, this one was a little bit less of a gut punch since the asshole he's become in his later years, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. Oh, was he? I wasn't aware of that. Oh, yeah. He's. Circle the internet for since he passed. Of like, we like to remember early meatloaf. We don't yeah. like to remember late meatloaf. Late meatloaf was overcooked. Was uh, <laughs> was in the fridge for about a week or too was long. Like and super bitter and hard MAGA anti-vaxxer guy. Oh yeah. well, I remember when we were first talking about it, Todd. When the the news broke, um. I was kind of curious what what the final say was going to be because it was, you know, headlines splashed everywhere. They all come out at once, you know, legendary rock singer Meatloaf passes away um, at how old was he? Like 70 something? 74. 74. All right. Um, now, almost all of the initial headlines that I saw or news outlets, all the articles were saying uh, cause of death wasn't released initially. But uh, TMZ, um, they said that according to their sources uh, in the know that uh, it was actually from COVID and that he was very anti-vax and yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Oh, well, but uh, yeah, Meatloaf went down and then uh, and then Louis Anderson, another comedian after Bob Saget. That, yeah, that one kind of hit hard. He, he was in the same the same era as as Bob Saget, like the I would say the golden era of stand up from yeah. like the mid eighties to the early nineties. Yeah, for sure. And of course, probably kids of our generation remember Life with Louie. Yeah. Yeah. On Fox. That's like that was part of like Fox animation block, like back with in the days of like like eek the cat and uh <laughs> like 90s x-men and all that stuff <laughs> played right before the right before or right after the reruns of alf yeah <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> it, it, it always had the weird time slot it was either the it was either the very first cartoon of the morning so it was like the 6 a.m slot or the, the 7 a.m slot or it was the last cartoon like the 10 30 slot before it transitioned to like the sitcoms and stuff yeah well it's a damn shame but life goes on uh, rest in peace louis and uh despite his uh wacky vax beliefs uh r.i.p mr meat mr loaf his name loaf. was robert paulson okay moving on moving on moving on i would do anything for okay um, but I won't get vaxxed. <laughs> oh, dude, so many people have made fun of that shit. Oh, man. It's crazy and sad. Uh, well, in, in the world of gaming, Todd, this is a big one that you brought up. Uh, oh, boy. And this kind of came up. It's funny. We were just saying before I hit record. It's, it's kind of good that we're, uh, that we're doing the very next week recording because I feel like as soon as I hit publish on the last episode, a shitload of random like big news came out. <laughs> so we got a lot of headlines to cover, but this was the big one. Why don't you kick it off, Todd? 
So, uh, in the gaming world, there has been a rush to consolidate uh, developers because all of the major companies want more developers. They want uh, game studios. We have Amazon jumping in with its Amazon Game Studio, trying to be big players. Google is trying to buy up uh, smaller like indie developers for their Play Store mobile games. And uh, we... Uh, <clears throat> Tencent, the China media publishing arm, has bought up a lot of Western gaming studios. Now, the biggest acquisition lately, uh, after Bethesda was bought last year for like a record-setting like 10 or 12 million or billion total, uh, Microsoft has decided to go all out and buy fucking Activision Blizzard for a bank-breaking $67 billion. Cheesy, crazy. Yeah, so this is a massive deal. Uh, let's, let me pull up the studios that actually are under Activision. You mean Microsoft? Well, now Microsoft. Well, after the merger is complete. Oh, okay, so already under Activision... So, because Activision has multiple studios underneath it. Activision yeah. is the parent company. Well, Activision Blizzard. Uh, so they have where uh, Christ, where's that tweet? Where's that tweet? Find that tweet. Find that tweet. Find that tweet. Find that tweet. Well, basically, I can't find the, the the fucking tweet that had all of the the. Okay, here's some of the here's some of the studios that are under it. Raven Software, um, they did the Hectics, uh, the Heretics uh, series. They did Doom back in the day. Uh, NeverSoft is in there. That's Tony Hawk Pro Skater and a couple other things. Mm -hmm. Infinity Ward, which is uh, Medal of Honor and Call of Duty. Mm. Uh, Tetriarch, which is also Call of Duty and Tony Hawk stuff. They also did uh, the Marvel Spider-Man game. Hmm. Uh, we have uh, Grey Matter Interactive, which did uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein and that good stuff. Oh, nice. Red, Red Octane, which is the former developers of uh, Guitar Hero. Interesting note, Guitar Hero, that's one of the dead series because guitar hero has been dead for about 10 or 15 years now yeah uh that's one of the series that the head of xbox uh phil spencer specter phil specter phil specter yeah <laughs> no that's, phil uh... spent phil spencer i think it is okay phil spencer uh name dropped that as uh one of the franchises that he's looking at reviving as soon as possible oh interesting yeah and the, then the big one is fucking blizzard yeah yeah, yeah so, so microsoft is uh carrying world of warcraft and diablo now and world of warcraft duty. diablo starcraft call of duty yeah. now bunch of shit yeah now a very nice part of this uh insanely <clears throat> massive takeover is the fact that uh, old CEO Mr. McFuckface is uh, getting out the door, right? Oh yeah. So Mr. Fucking, as we as we like to call him, sexual harassment goblin, Mr. Bobby Kotick, is 
He is not expected to leave until the merger is complete. Um, so he he is most likely staying on for at least one to two years. Um, but it is highly expected that he will be gone the moment the merger is complete, which is a great thing for gaming because he has been a hemorrhoid on the asshole of gaming for fucking decades. Like he is responsible for like the push for games as a service. Mm -hmm. So rather than developers having a great idea for a game and wanting to make a game that people have a passion for playing and want to play. He was the pioneer behind, we are going to pump out this bullshit content so we can extract the most amount of coins from you as possible. Mm-hmm. So he, he's, he's the architect of the transition from like early eighties, nineties, like gaming studios were, just a bunch of fucking nerds that wanted to make games to suddenly suits are controlling the top layer and telling the gamers what to make. And suddenly the gamers and nerds are getting cycled out. And now suddenly we're getting like just code monkeys and people who have no passion for it in the, in the systems. So squeezing every dime possible out of uh, gamers on top of being the captain of the ship of uh the insane sexual harassment uh yes environment that uh blizzard be- the, the cesspool that it became pretty much not yeah. just blizzard it's like all of the the companies under the activision banner yeah. and like there are stories out there that he not only knew but protected some of the people and may have even been involved in some of the, 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 the bullshit. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so we may actually be able to uh, give our dollar dues in the future to Activision slash blizzard, et cetera, yeah. and not feel like shit about giving our money to scumbags. Exactly. <laughs> like, you, you know, me, I, I've aside from Dota two, like all of the blizzard games have been my life for the past 20 years like um, i was a diehard wow player i played diablo 3 religiously played diablo 2 to infinity back in my teens and early 20s i played starcraft for a long time religiously both from starcraft the original to starcraft 2 up to legacy of the void um but i am so like disgusted with the company both from the sexual harassment side of things and also from the way they're they're treating their their games lately the way they've been monetizing the games the 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 lack of content the lack of creativity in the content that they do put out so i've actually been boycotting them for about i would say a year and a half now i've had uh all blizzard games uninstalled i have not subscribed to to wow in over a year now which is I think the longest time in WoW's existence that I've been un- unsubscribed for. It's been out for like 15 years now. Mm. I saw a, a tweet from, uh, do you know Dan Price? Name sounds familiar. <clears throat> yeah, he's kind of got, he's kind of become internet famous. He's uh, He was a CEO of, I can't remember his fucking company right now off the top of my head. But uh, he, oh, Gravity Paintments gravity payments um our age 37 year old guy 
um, he started this company. He was CEO. And uh, within the first couple of years, he had um, an interaction with one of his employees and just talking about like the hard times they were having financially and stuff. And it kind of put him on a journey of um, like recognizing the like the fucked up side of of American capitalism and big business and how like the, you know, some employees in this, in these giant tech companies get paid very little. Meanwhile, the CEO salary, just because of the way it's structured, just keeps going up, 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 up on their workers' backs. So he did a big turnaround and reduced his salary and basically guaranteed, I think it's like 70 grand or 75 K for his entire company like whether it's oh yeah yeah. i know i know the guy you're talking yeah yeah so so he's been a big voice in like you know for change and all that stuff but uh regarding the activision microsoft story he posted something uh when all those headlines came out uh activision blizzard in march or last march gave the ceo a 200 million dollar bonus while laying off 190 people Mm mm-hmm uh, in December, posted a $639 million profit while laying off another 20 people. In the last three years, over a thousand plus layoffs with $7 billion profit. Yep. And now they're cashing out with $69 billion in their sale to Microsoft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just fucking. Ugh. And yeah. you know, and you know, Bobby Kotick is going to get a huge chunk. He's going to get a giant golden parachute. To, oh, to, yeah to leave yeah yeah you and i are well familiar with the golden parachute yeah yeah, scenario that well yep (laughs) yeah well well it'll be interesting to see what comes uh what comes after this this whole story like this this feels like it's like we're just seeing uh uh, disney by marvel all over again disney by star wars all over again yeah disney acquiring everything in the universe over like the course of a year or so like it's it's got ups and it's got downs. It's got ups in the fact that okay, we might be able to Xbox has been known to have good like culture at their studios. So on the up hand, like we might root out some of the sexism, some of the misogyny, mm-hmm. some of that kind of garbage. Mm-hmm. And we might start putting out good games again from some of the studios that have been sort of microtransaction oriented, like stale content like some of these languishing ips that could really be really use some influx in positivity and new 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 breadth uh Mm. on the downside it's fewer fewer studios and fewer parent companies owning more and more studios kind of leads to lack of competition kind of leads to stale gameplay Mm-hmm. anything in uh just like any industry the more of a monopoly you have the less uh innovation you have yeah less innovation no more risks yeah. but then again indie games have had a re- renaissance lately like yeah indie yeah. games are a significant seller and driving force on steam right right now and epic game store so like i mean obviously they don't have triple a budgets but like they're selling they're making money so no. there's there's competition at least in the indie markets. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of uh, back when I back when I was working on my book on uh, Dax or oh, oh, before when I was barely 
carving out the story and I was writing it in a screenplay format. I was making it as a movie or writing it as a movie. And I was obsessively listening to this uh, podcast about screenwriting with these two industry veterans who've been in the business for like 30 years or something. And they would talk periodically about how the industry has changed. I mean, there's always seasons of, you know, what's trending and, you know, what's selling and everything. But back in the nineties, you had a lot of like middle budget or smaller budget uh, films, a lot of like, like low key dramas, courtroom dramas, like the client or, uh, you know, the, or the, the fugitive or things like that, yeah. you know, like, like more lower key dramas and stuff where like no huge action sequences or the, the, the action sequences are, are reasonable. Yeah. You might just get a running one, shootout or something. Yeah. You might get one star attached to it and then a couple of nobodies. Yeah. Yeah. Or a lot of just random out of the blue, like low scale comedies, like freaking Ace Ventura came out of nowhere for like 20 million or something like that. If that, office space, um, office space. Yeah. A lot of uh, spec scripts were, were approved, which are just like, nobody asked for this. This there wasn't the studio saying, Hey, we're hiring you to write on this existing property, like adapt this book or something like that. Like a lot of that shit sold like crazy throughout the nineties. And you saw a lot of big studios make those smaller movies as you get closer to the two thousands and beyond, then they take more risks on the big, crazy hundred million plus $2 million, you know, $200 million plus budgets for big sci-fi and fantasy and comic book movies and stuff. And those smaller ones don't even get approved at all. And so it's, it becomes, if you're at the big studios, then you're making a $200 million superhero movie. And that's that. If otherwise it's just indie stuff, like completely independent stuff. Yeah. So right. it seems There's to no be middle range. Yeah. No middle, middle movie anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. So now it seems like the video game industry may be following a similar trend. You either get the AAA giant budgets or you get the $14 indie games like Stardew Valley. There you go. But I mean, yeah, there's nothing, cool. nothing wrong with Stardew Valley. Yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Uh, I think that was, I didn't really see much else in uh, video game news except for apparently that uh, they just had the release of the port for God of War on PC. And it's yes. getting insanely good reviews. Like everybody's well, stunned at how amazing of a, a port it is and they they also like upped the graphics i believe right the the playstation ports uh, well the the few ports that have come over from playstation exclusive games recently have been really good actually so i've been surprised like uh horizon zero dawn mm -hmm. was really good uh detroit become human was really good days gone was apparently really good like i I've, i have it but i haven't really played much of it i think i actually own it on the ps4 not the uh the pc version but mm -hmm. yeah the 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 pc ports they have not been just phoning it in like uh some of the the nintendo ports lately yeah uh, my favorite, there's a Kotaku article that, uh, put together a few steam reviews and my favorite one is just one line, angry man, swing ax, make happy chemicals in brain. <laughs> <laughs> that's God of war. That's, that's God of war to a T. There you go. Uh, well, uh, meanwhile, uh, just again, after I swear, uh, the second I, I 
published the last podcast, we got an influx of headlines, a particular bunch of movie and TV news. And Todd, you had just prayed to the heavens <laughs> that Mike Judge would bring back your beloved King of the Hill. And then Hollywood Reporter released an exclusive Kings of the Hill again. Greg Daniels and Mike Judge discuss their new animation company, Bandera, um, producing, well, now they listed a few things they're working on. The the Initially, there it seems like they have a few projects ahead of the game, but it was a footnote later in the article that yes, King of the Hill is still in the works, It's uh, but they have a few other things being produced beforehand. This is the first... The, <clears throat> King of the Hill has been rumored to be in production or being shopped around for years now. It's it's We've been hearing rumors for about four or five years. This is the first time we've actually heard from the creators themselves directly saying, yes, King of the Hill is in the works. Yeah. Yeah. Their company, Bandera, will executive produce Bad Crimes, which I think is the, the first one that's coming out. A comedy starring Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus. Uh, there's going to be a children's show from Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, that's a yeah. Mad Lib I never thought I'd hear together. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Um, but yes, King of the Hill still uh, very much discussed in the article, and they are it is in the works. Um, and we already reported last week with the whole reason we're talking about this because last week we were talking about the Beavis and Butthead revival, um, which that is going to be on Paramount Plus. I don't know if all of this stuff will be as well, but we'll see. I think the production company signed a deal with uh, Paramount Plus, so probably likely. Okay. Well, with Paramount Studios in general. Yeah. All right. Get more Hank Hill. Damn it, Bobby. <laughs> uh, let's see. In the meantime, in the land of Star Wars... In- well, before we get to Star Wars, uh, another okay. favorite in the animation side okay. is getting a part four coming out pretty soon. Uh, Disenchantment part I, four. Yes, I did see this. That makes me happy. I yeah. have you watched it, Todd? Have you watched it? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I love it too. It, it like it took a little bit for me to get invested in it because it's it's very different. It's not like another. I mean, this is Matt Groening. Um, and the artwork is very clearly Matt Groening mm-hmm. and, you know, some, some favorites in there. Um, oh, fucking Tr- Tress McNeil, um, fucking John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio. Thank you. Um, but the, uh, this is, this is like, uh, essentially Matt Groening's like medieval fantasy epic. This is his, this is like Futurama meets Game of Thrones. Like he's telling a very specific narrative through all this this series and i think in the article i saw there they said they know they're not sure how many parts they're gonna have in total like somewhere it could be between like five or seven or so but they, they do have the end point yeah they definitely know the exact story they want to tell it has a very finite uh, uh, there is a finale to it um so it's not like a an episodic like a simpsons or a futurama that just could go on for a million years it's yeah. uh, it's a very specific story so yeah, I'm, I'm totally into it. The only part that I can't stand about it is that it takes so long to produce that it feels like a year and a half goes by between all the parts. So we start the next one and I feel like I should have gone back and rewatched the last one because I don't remember shit. <laughs> then again, 
we've gotten like three or four parts between the last season of the Orville and the new season that will show up eventually sometime. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, well, we did finally get a date for that. Was that March or May? Or oh, really? Like we got a date? I know we had a well, it's then, coming, yeah. but no, oh, yeah, Orville, I think, is in the next couple months. Yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah, Disenchantment. I'm excited. Um, another one, March for animation. Did you catch the trailer for the Cuphead show? Yes, yeah, that looks fun. That I'm looks excited, wacky and zany. I'm excited to experience that world without having to play impossible boss fights. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love the I love the whole style of that game, but fuck that game. Yeah, <laughs> that is a uh, throw your controller away game. I I yeah I agree with you. I'm I'm not that ty- I, I'm not a platform gamer anymore. I don't have the patience nor the dexterity for it anymore. So Cuphead is is on my probably never playlist. Yeah. Even though I would love to play it. Yeah. But yeah, it looks fun. And that's uh coming up soon. That's yeah. February 18th. Yeah. Oh. Also coming up soon. I know I talk about this a fuck ton, but uh, Critical Role, their animated show, The Legend of Vox Machina, comes out this Friday. Yes. And you were particularly excited this week when you found the... Uh... Yeah. So they released the extended voice actor cast, the, mm-hmm. the additional side, uh, side actors or side characters cast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, amongst the uh, cast members joining, we have David fucking Tennant. Yeah, we have Gina Torres. Oh yeah, we have Felicia Day. We have yeah, uh, uh, Milton himself. What the fuck? <laughs> Stephen <Why>? Root. <laughs> Stephen Root. We have Stephen Root in it. Uh, oh, if only he can get away from that pesky, uh, <laughs> those pesky hot rodding Tatooine speeder bike gangs. <laughs> fucking vespa games oh man yeah but they're they're, they're, like a lot of fucking like legendary voice actors are in it virtually all of the people that matt mercer worked with at blizzard are in it so yeah so they um, basically took a they made a a wish list of like geek gods and just asked them all like hey do you want to come play (laughs) pretty much pretty much yeah 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 that'll be fun I'm the, again com, coming in as a complete newcomer. I am excited for that. That looks fun. Just judging by the trailer and the people involved, and like the early reviews, the early reviews are coming out, and everybody's loving it. So I think cool. it'll be good. Uh oh. Well, speaking of trailers, <sighs> Moon Knight. Oh my God, man. <laughs> oh my God. That, wow. And I, I, and that's another property that I like know nothing about other than the tiny bits that you've told me. I'm like, okay, that sounds kind of interesting, whatever. But that was a fucking trailer, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, Oscar Isaac with very, uh, very psychological thrill. It, it's memento essentially with like <laughs> superheroes or, or supernatural shit going on pretty much like that's that's the hallmark of this character he's got disassociative disorder he's got multiple personality disorder like he may have been dead at one point and was brought back to life like mm-hmm. there there's a lot going on with this dude yeah yeah that, that was 
I, I don't think they're going to play up the it obviously looks like they're not going to play up the comedy side of things because he's kind of fourth wall breaking sometimes in a Deadpoolish humor fashion like the, the guy is a funny dude but it does look like they're playing up the more serious more like psychological thriller side of things uh, have you watched Eternals yet yes Meg and I finally did watch Eternals yesterday actually no. And you you caught the yeah. uh, the uh, after credit scene. Yes. So okay. uh, so I mean okay. First off, very we don't have to spend too much time on it. But Eternals, it was fine. It, it, it was pretty. It good. probably it went on like twenty minutes longer than it needed to be. But that's my only complaint about the film. Yeah, it was very solid. It uh, it wasn't my favorite Marvel, but it wasn't bad either. It was just kind of. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I'm, I guess I'm not hundred percent invested in these characters yet. So we'll see how it goes. And clearly there's huge setup for more stories with them. Um, but well, it was, not only that, but they're also very powerful characters. Some more yeah, powerful than yeah. a lot of the heroes that we've seen so far. Yeah. I mean, these guys are essentially an answer to like the DC squad. I, I mean, there is, there is a dude who is effectively a Superman. Um, there is, uh, I mean, Angelina Jolie is basically Wonder Woman. Um, there was even a, a speedy girl who was basically the Flash. <laughs> and then you've got Kamel Nanjiani just looking buff as fuck. <laughs> yeah, and he Dragon Ball Z's it. Yeah. Yeah, he was, oh yeah, the finger guns. That was yeah. funny. Uh, I loved, I did love his, the whole dynamic with him and his assistant. Uh, yeah oh my god <laughs> like explodes like dives under that monster the deviant and explodes it and like gets everywhere like did you get that i did sir <laughs> i love that that was great um fucking gilgamesh is just like the tank the the thor or the uh the hulk equivalent yeah. or i don't know who would be on the dc side yeah. for a second meg thought and i had to take a quick look is like that looks like um it's like Wong from um, from Doctor Strange, but no, it's a it's a different actor. They look kind of similar, but not not the same. Um, yeah, it was it was decent. It was decent. Uh, it wasn't. I, I don't know. It, it wasn't like a wow, holy crap! Like people are talking about the latest Spider Man, which again, I still have not watched. I'll, I just fucking wait for streaming. Uh, thanks, COVID. But uh, <laughs> um, but no, it was pretty solid, and it it what we're bleeding up to is what it kicks off mm-hmm. is even more exciting. So uh, first off that first uh, uh, end credit scene or mid credit scene brings in Harry Styles <laughs> as uh, Thanos's brother. Yeah. Which Meg and I have beef with that because how, why doesn't he look like grimace on steroids? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I looked up an explainer article and they're and supposedly in the comics origin. Yes, he is Thanos's brother, his older brother, actually, I believe they said. Um, however, Thanos has carries a deviant gene, which is what makes him look like a big purple <laughs> monster, supposedly. But okay. I, I, that doesn't make sense in the MCU where they just kind of pass him off as he's that's just he's just a Titan. That's how Titans look people from Titan, but apparently not his brother, Harry Styles, <laughs> whatever. But seems like they're kind of just scooting that under the rug for us there. 
Um, we got fucking Pip too. That was, that was yeah. Cool. His little buddy Patton Oswalt, which is immediately you recognize that voice. Oh, mm-hmm. Patton, they're bringing you out for more fun. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that's Patton. Cool. Patton is now in the extended alternate MCU and now in the official MCU. Yeah, he is in multiple timelines and dimensions already. They should, <laughs> as an Easter egg for Loki season two, the TVA should be just, they should just have Patton himself as Patton, just in handcuffs, walking through the halls of the TVA. <laughs> just multiple of them, like four yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. I just, I... <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Um, yes, they asked then, for a badge and I didn't have my badge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. And then the uh, the final end credit scene of Eternals kicking off, which brings in this more this this dark supernatural side, yes. which appears to be what they're doing with Moon Knight. Uh, John Snow there, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Kit Harrington, uh, has uh, some ancient looking box. He's opening it up and he seems afraid, like timid to touch this powerful thing, some mystical sword uh, of some sort. And uh, he goes to there's a very there's a very cool close up shot where his fingers are just about to touch the blade and it's actually activating towards him, kind of like the the, the swirly mist yeah. and lights on it yeah and then cut to some mysterious voice in the corner of the room off camera saying like you sure you're ready for that power or i think was the line something yeah, like that so. and nobody knows who it is and uh, uh and afterwards meg was like who, so who was that supposed to be was that like nick fury or what i was like no that definitely wasn't samuel jackson's voice so we looked it up and the director Chloe Zhao actually confirmed in interviews that was Marshala Ali as our up and coming blade. Motherfucking blade. Yep. So that's rad. Yeah. So uh, the blade is, they actually mentioned this blade earlier in the film uh, when Angelina Jolie and uh, is looking through the ship and picks up a sword mm-hmm. Um one of the characters ask her or Angelina Jolie asks, is, is this the uh, ebony blade? Oh, That's the says... blade that he owns. But oh, the, okay. the, the line is, no, it's just Excalibur. Oh, this is Excalibur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they thought it was this ebony blade, which is. Which is the blade of the black knight, who mm-hmm. is a Arthurian knight who picks up this blade and, and gets this blade and is, is cursed. It's it's a cursed blade, and he fights basically the the underworld like undead monsters, vampires, same uh, things that a uh, particular half vampire might fight. <laughs> yes, and uh, a a knight of the moon might fight. Ah, okay. Yeah, so there's whole bunch of like crossover potential between the Black Knight, Kit Harrington. And Marshall Ali Blade, and now uh, uh, Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight. That could be like a Marvel's Defender style team up. Uh, the three, the three. They're essentially dark, the Midnight dark Suns. and creepy musketeers. <laughs> yeah, it's the Midnight Suns, basically. Okay. All right. That's red. Yeah. Uh, speaking of um, heroes who are the knight. I finally watched that uh, that 
final Batman trailer, the the bat and the cat one. Nice. That is very cool. And it actually came up in this past week. The oh, the uh, the runtime of the Batman, mm, the Batman's two hours and 47 minutes, not including credits. Not, yeah, it's like an additional eight minutes of credits. Yeah, this is a this is going to be a Batman novel. So, <laughs> but that wasn't the, the Dark Knight similar. Not that long, I, I would say. I would say it was probably two hours and twenty something. Two hours thirty two minutes. Okay, eh, it's it not 10 far minutes, off. Ten minutes short. Yeah, this is the Batman: The Two Towers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I mean I, I kid. But those trailers are have won me over. Um, I'm won over by Colin Farrell as the Penguin, which I was not expecting. Like they put. They put the fat makeup on him and basically said, like, be De Niro. And for some reason, it actually works. <laughs> I love the 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 uh, the car chase scenes with him and like the the Batmobile, which basically just looks looks like a muscle car, like an old fashioned. Yeah, yeah like a Dodge Challenger or something. Um, I'm sure they've probably announced somewhere on some geek website what the actual base is of it. But uh, but it just it gets engulfed in flames and you got um uh, the penguin there just like ah, I got you I got you and it, it's straight up like De Niro in the untouchables like I want him <laughs> dead I want his whole family dead I want his house under the ground <laughs> yeah um, yeah yeah it's cool I, I I told you the other day I am a sucker for those uh, extended fight scenes kind of the uh, daredevil hallway-esque just uh, Batman just going to town on a gang of, of thugs where it's just the you know one guy after another after another kind of reminds That's me what he oh, does best he doesn't hit like this the, the boss fights the villain fights those those don't really translate well because mm-hmm. they have to handicap batman somehow for him to be a credible for them to be a credible threat to him yeah but the just like wave after wave of mooks just coming at him those are the best fights yeah it reminds me of playing the uh, the arkham games yeah, you know, where it just it felt so good to be Batman while you're just just putting a bunch of guys, a, a whole gang of thugs on the floor. Yeah. And then, although you told me when we were talking the other day that you're uh, you're feeling a little uh, I don't know if you're feeling your age or you just don't feel too comfortable with all the all the all the young actors of your your youth now growing up to become like villains they're all old villains now <laughs> yeah they're all the uh, the the somewhat elderly villains now yeah. oh ethan hawk i almost forgot in the moon knight trailer he looks like freaking like some hippie dirty cult leader or something he looked like dirty kevin bacon from like 10 years ago yeah <laughs> well you either what did i say you either die the gen x hero <laughs> <laughs> or live long enough to see yourself be the zoomer villain yeah be the comic book villain <laughs> oh man no yeah that, it looks fun all those look fun the moon knight looks amazing batman the batman is uh totally winning me over i'm i'm ready for it ready for all of it um in crazy other... crazy rumors coming out of doctor strange too oh yeah yeah, lots of uh, returning and variant versions of uh, Avengers. 
And there's one crazy rumor that that uh, might be true based Captain on Carter. some well, Captain Carter, but a return of Iron Man. Oh. Oh, I both, did see this. Both Tony Stark as we know him, mm-hmm. but from a different country where from a different timeline where he doesn't sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And also Tom Cruise as fucking Tony Stark. I did that, see Tom those. Cruise was actually the original actor that they had picked and was going to be Iron Man, yep. but then he had conflicts with one of his uh one of his um Mission Impossible shoots and actually turned it down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in a I'm world glad. where we actually got Tom Cruise as Tony Stark, no, I'm I'm glad we got Robert Downey instead. But yeah. we get to see a we might get to see a Tom Cruise version of it, however briefly. Yeah. See this, I, I'm sure this is probably just geek rumors and wanting to wish it into existence. Then again, we were saying that a few months ago about fucking return of Matt Murdock. So yeah, you know. true. So who knows? But I think this is great. This is Marvel's at a point now where if you if you've got a movie or a story you're telling about the fucking multiverse then go as bonkers as you possibly can with it. Why not? Like bring exactly. out all the toys to play, even if it's just for a very brief cameo. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on sort of not really related, but going back to Amazon stuff, um, we, oh, we, oh. did you see the, did you see the teaser for the, announcement of the the name of the show for their lord of the rings show that's what i'm bringing up because okay. we're talking about doppelgangers we now have a new galadriel <laughs> <laughs> in this teaser for amazon's lord of the rings show um a new actress for galadriel um reciting the uh, um sort of speech about the, 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 the poem rings. about the rings yeah. right yeah so lord of the rings the rings of power, which I kind of chuckle at because it sounds like the department of redundancy department, but whatever. <laughs> it's a little redundant, but it, it gets the point across. Like you, you know, the er- Lord of the Rings fans will know the era that we're talking about with, with that name. Yeah. So it, 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 it does make sense in a sort of name about, about the, the era that they're going for. So I'm okay with it now. So- the thing that impressed me the fucking most was not just the announced trailer, which looks really cool and all that. Mm-hmm. The fact that that was done practically. Really? That was done practically with they actually carved out the wooden board with the name. They poured fucking molten metal in that and used water to cool it off and 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 do that so they shot that fucking practically which leads me to hope they are using a lot of practical effects and maybe even weta studios i think weta is involved Hmm. with this so all right that gives me hope that there will be practical effects in in the, the the show and not just a cgi fest for all of it that's dope that's rad um I we we still have to start it. Meg and I have not watched Wheel of Time yet, but I recall when it was first premiering, uh, an interview with the showrunners saying that they were going for as much practical as they could possibly do with CGI touch-ups. I'm glad we're coming back around to this this in in the the high fantasy. Like, 
high fantasy and some sci-fi things are going back to practical effects Mm -hmm. rather than just CGI festing everything. Like Dune looked beautiful, but you kind of get CGI worn out out of some of it eventually. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Although those, those dragonfly helicopters were badass. They were. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the tried and true method, I mean, Jurassic Park, it, it still holds true. You do what you can in the shot, you know, in real life on practical, and then you touch up with CG where you need to. And just that that lovely marriage makes it feel more like a real world. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can end up with, you know, pinball Yoda. <laughs> I was gonna go with Jar Jar Binks, but pinball Yoda works too. <laughs> pinball Yoda, yeah. Uh. You get you get fucking oscar winning actors talking at a uh, uh, talking at a uh, tennis ball uh-huh. yep 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 speaking of the 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 star wars those star wars um book of boba fett episode four we can get into that but uh a really i think crowd-pleasing announcement for the ahsoka spinoff series Mary Elizabeth Winstead joining the mm-hmm. cast. We have no idea what character she'll play either. So, yeah, yeah, no word on that. But I, she's awesome in everything she does. I'm excited she is now in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. that's that's gonna be good. Yeah. Ramona Flowers is now part of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I wonder if they'd pick her for Afra. No, I think Who's they Afra? would use an. Dr. Afra, she's a side. Well, she's more of a comic book character. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been a couple of the. I think she's exclusively a comic book character so far. But um, when she Mar- a... oh, go ahead. when Marvel relaunched the comic books about ten years ago or so, um, she was one of the original uh, original characters they created a book around for her. She's sort of a hired gun for uh, Darth Vader. Oh, okay. Hmm. All right. So she's a good character. Like, well, she's not a good character, but she's a good character. She's a, an interesting character. Yes. Cool. Cool. So episode four, Book of Boba Fett. It's, it's going on this, the cycle of good episode, mediocre episode, good episode, mediocre episode. And we hit a good episode with this one. Yeah. This was I, definitely... I was surprised to hear some more people complaining about it. I was talking to a friend. She was kind of like, ah, more like just drawing out the backstory and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I mean, I, I'm personally enjoying the backstory a bit more than the present story. <laughs> so I think we are in the minority of enjoying it. Um, I think it's getting a lot of mixed reviews and a lot of people are disliking the toning down of Boba Fett's violence. Like, even though he had a life-altering, life-changing experience and damn near dying in a Sarlacc pit, damn near Mm -hmm. dying on the Dune Sea, and then damn near dying when he was captured by Tusken Raiders, like, he he has escaped death multiple times in a span of a couple of years when he should have easily died. Like, maybe the man wants to change his perspective a little bit. 
Yeah, but he spent some time with the indigenous Tuscans and, you know, he, he found a, a better path he wanted to go on. And, you know, and they talk about that in the episode when he's uh, convincing um, uh, Shan. Th- this whole episode is a backstory of him. Now we're catching up to where um, Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, we're catching his- up to both timelines. So we've been sort of doing like a a present timeline where it's sort of mirroring the Mandal- or mirroring the uh, Mandalorian times time area mm-hmm. and then they've been doing flashbacks learning Bova's past from the time he was spit out of the sarlacc up until mando time yeah. and right now uh those timelines are about caught up together yeah converging so um refresh my memory because i couldn't remember I, i'd have to go back and look it up we first met fennec shan in uh mando season, season two one. season two. Oh, season two yeah okay and i remember she had some they had some sort of dealings on tattooing she ends up left seemingly for dead of course but yeah um, it was her and the her well first off it was mando and the douchebag uh first time bounty hunter that was actually trying to kill mando himself okay um so they go out searching for her and end up capturing her and then the douchebag kills her, leaves her for dead, and she then got shot. Yeah, yeah, leaves her for dead, and then tries to kill Mando, and obviously Mando kills him. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember what if Fennec had any dealings with Mando. She was after Mando and Grogu, or uh... no? Uh, he, the other bounty hunter, was after her to collect her bounty. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So he leaves her gut shot, thinking she's dead. Yeah, well, that Mando was the story. Is... He wasn't after her at all. That was just his cover story. He was actually after Mando because Mando had a bigger bounty. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So yeah, we see in in that episode of the first episode, we see her and the Mandalorian. Um, she's left gut shot at the end, and then we get this little tease of somebody walking up on her body, which super fanboys recognize a little chink in the. Mm-hmm the uh the little uh spurs spurs yeah on his because boba wears spurs and no other character in the known star wars universe wears spurs so it's kind of it was kind of a giveaway right yeah so kind of like oh and then we wait for it and then our next reveal or our full-on reveal of boba fett back in town is him in those tuscan like robes um a bit of a stouter fellow in his uh, in his elder days, but kicking all kinds of ass. Like the dude he, is sixty years old, so yeah, yeah. But yeah, he comes in with the gaffy stick and he's beaten stormtroopers like left and right. Or who was? Yeah, was it stormtroopers? I forget when he for, when he makes his full introduction in Mando season two. Yeah, I think it's stormtroopers. Yeah. Right, because they're trying to corner um, Mando or, or, or get Grogu. And um, yeah, and then he just comes in and wrecks the fucking place. But yeah. I think maybe that might be the cause for some of the fan disappointment because they're like, this series was talked up so much. The uh, I think even Robert Rodriguez himself hyped up like the violence and everything. Like, oh man, like you don't even know. This is like, this series is going to blow your mind and Boba Fett is back, baby. Um, after we got that kick-ass introduction of him or return of boba fett in mando season two with him just 
beating motherfuckers left and right. Now we see this drawn out saga of him being Lawrence of Arabia, Tatooine style. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which is, I, I love it. I love it all. But I can understand why maybe people were expecting something more just like visceral and him just just going around being a ruthless bounty hunter as opposed to Mandalorian, which we've seen uh, Din Jaren go on this journey himself of, you know, caring for the child and whatnot. And I don't know. I don't well, know. Mando, Mando has a little bit more morals, I would say, than old Boba Fett had like mando lives by a certain creed he doesn't kill if he doesn't have to he'll warn you before like he'll give you the typical it reminds me of the old knights of the old republic where uh, you first meet the 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 bounty hunter candorous ordo or i can't remember his name something like that like he, he you you try to talk to him you engage him in speech and all he says is just one two hmm Three, and then if you keep talking to him, he'll kill you. I remember that. Holy shit. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, whatever. You're never going to please everybody, but I'm enjoying yeah. it. Um, so we get the full um, backstory where we're, we're catching up to the Mandalorian timeline now. Um, now, the Mandalorian uh, takes place five years after return of the Jedi. Yes. So this has been a long journey for Fett on Tatooine from climbing out of the pit to being with the sand people for quite an extended time. I imagine. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing he was with the sand people for at least a year or, or two actually. Yeah. Before they were wiped out by the stupid gangs. And then he's on his own wandering around Tatooine for a while, um, trying to figure out what to do and then runs into and uh, and then they have their partnership going around getting back uh his groove and taking over the uh jabba's old palace yeah that was really fun the whole infiltrate infiltration of the palace and uh getting his ship back um i loved the uh the revenge on the Sarlacc pit <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he really just came back to swam. yeah I mean, he really just came back to get the armor, but then they end up, yeah, dropping that bomb, which is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't remember that. Uh, I guess he wasn't conscious at the time that uh, the Jawas took the armor off of him. Yeah. Meg laughed at me because I jumped when the uh, the Sarlacc mouth came out. Like, even though I knew, <laughs> like, it was it was the perfect, like, you knew it was coming. Like, you 100% mm-hmm. knew it was coming. The whole, like, silent, like, the horror movie this every all the sound the goes away and the darkness gets darker and darker and you just know like the thing is about to jump out and i, I was telling myself like oh it's coming it's coming but i didn't know which exact second it was coming and i still fucking jumped <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah i'm enjoying it and the biggest part of this episode um i mean again i enjoyed it. i think it's all great but by the end of it uh <clears throat> fennec is telling him like you if you want this to work like if you want to take on this uh what, what are the fish head guys name? pike syndicate pikes if you want to take on the pikes like you need muscle like how much like what what do you have like how much money you got how much credits do you have and they have a little back and forth and he's saying i forget he says we have plenty of credits basically 
Yeah, but she's she uh, she says credits will buy you muscle in the right places. And as we zoom out and their little shot in the horizon, you hear the little tag of the Mandalorian theme just Mm -hmm. whispered in there. So, you know exactly where they're going to find some muscle (laughs) Mm -hmm. now. So now it makes sense that we are caught up um, with present time as in end of man or post Mandalorian season two, because if everything lines up together correctly, then Grogu has gone off with Luke mm-hmm. and Mando. They're going to find him. I call it, his name is Din Djarin, but we just know it. We call him Mando. Yeah, it's the Mando. Yeah, he's Mando. So now they're going to find him drunk in a bar. Well, technically, somewhere. he is the Mandalorian now um, at this point. The Mandalorian, yeah. Because that's the title. That's the, the title of the leader, the one that holds the, the Darksaber is the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, yeah. But now it's perfect because if the if all this if this brings the timeline back to present as in post season two, Grogu's gone. Mando, they're gonna find him drunk in a bar somewhere, moping because his baby boy is gone, and he's gonna be drinking himself to death. And <laughs> his baby drag- boy went off to college. Yeah, and so they're gonna drag him back into the game because he's a free agent again. So yeah, that'd be fun. And they've already, I mean, they've already spoiled it because there's been announcements, this headlines about how uh, he'll have a, a fancy new ship in uh, in the next episode, which I mean makes sense because the last one was. Oh yeah, it was. I forgot you reminded me. It was, it was obliterated. Yeah, after being rebuilt a thousand times from scratch, it was obliterated <laughs> out of the sky. So, and he just he he had just captured a, a fucking rogue moth with his own star destroyer. Mm-hmm. So he's got that ginormous bounty of credits. Hell, he could take the star destroyer for his own ship for fuck's sake. Yeah, he'd just be cruising around in that. He's got a, he's got a freaking space ball one. <laughs> <laughs> Just put the giant bumper sticker on it. We break for no one. (laughs) Uh, If I remember correctly, that was an interdictor cruiser. It wasn't the full, it wasn't a full star destroyer, but it was one of the interdictors. And those are interesting too, because they can pull ships out of hyperspace. Oh, really? Yeah. So if like you've set up in like the hyperspace lanes and somebody's passing by, whoop, out of hyperspace. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Oh, excited for that. Hey, speaking of uh, speaking of ships, first trailer dropped for Taika Waititi's pirate comedy. <laughs> Our flag means death. Did you catch that? Yeah, that was good. Oh, and quick note: it wasn't an interdictor; it was one of the Clone Wars era light cruisers. So okay. I was wrong. Gotcha. Well, how dare you get out, Todd? How dare I take away your Star Wars membership card? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, our flag means death. Taika's HBO Max comedy coming in March. Um, it was a le- uh, it, it it certainly is like wacky and zany, but it is a little less cartoony than I expected it to be. I expected it to be a little more like bonkers ish, but it's somewhat grounded with zany characters. Yeah, I'm sure they'll get there at the moment. It's a series, so they'll have plenty yeah. of time to to cover not, different moods and stuff. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, it's uh, you know Taika does uh, he does 
Thor, and he also does uh, Jojo Rabbit. You know, look at this yeah. cast. This cast is like crying for wacky, zany, cartoony-ish fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, Reese Darby um, play in his first uh, starring role, actually, which is rad. He's always the you know the side character, the comic relief, and now he's uh, he's a leading man. But this is actually loosely based on real pirate history. Uh, Steed Bonnet or Steed Bonnet, however, however you pronounce it. Um, the quote is, he was a pampered aristocrat who abandoned his life of privilege to become a pirate. This is actually a bit of true history. This this guy just decided he wanted to be like a gentlemanly pirate <laughs> on the high seas. And um, of course, from there, they just take it and make it their own wacky show. But um so reese darby playing steed uh there's a tease you don't see his face but you hear him and you get uh like the big scruffy beard uh taika himself as blackbeard um Kristen, chris i'm not sure pronouncing this right Kristen or christian naren who was hodor on game of thrones he's back and there's a moment in that uh in that teaser where he's knocking down a door <laughs> brilliantly breaking through a fucking door yeah yeah uh, Leslie Jones is in there. Mm-hmm. Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen, yeah. That's yeah, going to be all kinds of fun. Yeah, that's coming in March. Yeah, looks good. Yeah. Um, other things coming up soon. I did see uh, this isn't like really geek. Re- well, I mean, um, book nerds um mystery book nerds might enjoy this and i'm excited for it because uh, even though i haven't read the original books i really enjoyed the uh adaptation a few years ago of the um murder on the orient express um they're finally releasing the sequel uh kenneth branagh is back directing and starring as detective perot for uh agatha christie's death on the nile um this one i think has been on the shelf for a while it was filmed a few years ago like gal gadot's in it a bunch of stars are in it but also army hammer is in it and so didn't they say they were gonna do the the army of the dead thing with him oh and just cg in a different actor uh, or something i don't know i'm not sure but however it turned out i i would have to look it up but however it turned out they're finally releasing it uh february 11th yeah. The trailer looks good. Kenneth Branagh is fun as the detective, and you know, we'll see. Also on February 11th, uh, Joe Bob's got another special <laughs> on Shutter. The Last Drive-In, Joe Bob's Heartbreak Trailer Park Special <laughs> for Valentine's. Uh, so they're gonna do two like Valentine style horror movies. They haven't released. They they usually don't announce the the movies they're screening until the last minute. Um, but they said they're going to have four special guests. Um, Damn. Yeah. Let's see. We're almost completely caught up with that series. I still have to watch the. Uh, we saw the Christmas one. Still have to watch the. Uh, they did a Walking Dead special where they had uh, Greg Nicotero on, and they they aired the the very first two Walking Dead episodes. Nice. Yeah. I, I want to go back and watch that first season. The first season was really fucking good. Oh yeah. Especially if I can find the black and white version of it. It's crazy to see how tiny um I can't remember the actor's name, but Carl, the boy. Mm-hmm. He was a little kid. He was a baby. Yeah. He was a wee little baby. 
wee little baby. Now he's in college. <laughs> um, Todd, we got a crap load of Trek news mm-hmm. this past week. Uh, another trailer. We've got a, uh, a full-on Picard Season 2 trailer. Yeah, that's coming soon. Uh, I believe it's the end of March. We get uh, Season 2 of Picard. Uh, beginning, actually. March 3rd. Oh, March 3rd. Okay. Even better. Yeah. Uh, new episodes dropping weekly. Yeah, they, they do all those weekly, don't they? Yeah. Peacock yeah. is weekly. Yeah. Uh, that looked awesome. We got Return of Guinan. Whoopi Goldberg is Guinan. Mm-hmm. Um, we got time travel hijinks we've looks like they were going around the sun in a tribute to 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 movie number four (laughs) that's it i'm down i'm that's star trek has always been about wacky time travel hijinks that they let's let's go save some freaking whales and find some nuclear vessels i Mm -hmm. i am in for it um but they're also doing like Oh, it's time travel. Well, it seems like time travel, but also like um, alternate, like alternate- universe. To- like, right, it's Q, so it could be all of the above. Yeah, it's Q coming back to fuck with them again. Um, and we, One week we- could be alternate universe, the next week could be time travel. It, it yeah. could be all ki- all kinds of wacky zany adventures. Yeah, we we get a, a glimpse of Seven without any Borg implants whatsoever, just completely clean faced human. Um, so probably her entire timeline has been changed. Um, There's uh, a novel coming out before then that's going to explore uh, her and Rafi's relationship because I don't remember it, but apparently at the end there was like a sort of a budding relationship with the two of them. There's a very brief tease. Like it was one of the last shots in the like epilogue of the final episode of season one where they're kind of sitting there chatting quietly and she kind of like their hands touch together, you know. So very subtle, but that's cool. Um, Discovery has already been renewed for a fifth season. We and, knew that uh, was going to happen. They're, 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 it's like it's not amazing Trek, but it's it's solid Trek, and it's uh, it's doing well. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, uh, that's uh, and the new episodes for their current season. They took a winter break, but they'll be back on February 10th. I think they got like six more episodes or something like that. Yeah um strange new worlds hasn't even been hasn't even started their season one yet hasn't premiered their season one yet that comes may 5th but they've already been renewed for a season two i saw that coming yeah yeah i know they're going to be investing a lot in these shows they're i mean it's taking forever to strange new worlds to even come around yeah that's been like in the works for like three years now I almost forgot about it. I was like, oh yeah, Pike and Spock were going to do their own thing. And Rebecca Romaine were going to do their own thing. So that'll be fun. And Lower Decks. Lower Deck, I just finished season two and they're already going to be back for season three this summer. Fucking brilliant. Oh, that the holodeck or the the, the holodeck testing episode. (laughs) Testing. Which one was that? The one where the the consultant comes on and has to test them. Oh yeah, and Boimler, <laughs> he's got to get it like absolutely perfect, so he just keeps yeah. going back and back and back on the freaking Borg simulation. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. that. And then the one scene, the one scene with uh, what's her what's her name, the the girl Mariner. Yeah. So when she goes into the the holodeck and in the uh <laughs> fucking the 10 forward lounge it's just a giant orgy of the crew 
<laughs> fucking boilers there with his legs up in the air with a taint showing. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's freaking nuts. Um, I didn't even know. Uh, uh Boimler is actually uh, Jack Quaid. Yep. Jack Quaid, who is from the uh, boys, from the boys, Huey from the boys. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Randy Quaid's son. Or is it oh Dennis shit! Quaid's is that son? Him? Is that him? Which one's which one's the not crazy one? Oh, Dennis Randy Quaid. or. Dennis Quaid. Yeah, he's the son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. The not crazy one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, Randy is, is batshit. Randy is batshit crazy. Oh, very much so. Yeah. He saved us from the aliens, but it, it took its toll. <laughs> yeah. It took its toll. Yeah. It definitely did some testing and some probing. <laughs> uh, I'm back, Yep. Yeah. I'm back. Uncle Eddie. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Eddie. Cousin Eddie. Yeah. Uh, Lucas's farm is on the other side of town. <laughs> Just sitting here reciting Independence Day. Shit. Uh, the, oh, God damn. The boys I'm excited for. I was just listening to uh, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast earlier. He had um, Jensen Ackles on. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Dean Winchester. Boyfriend? Yes, your boyfriend. Dean Winchester. So that I'll have to watch it uh, over again just to catch up again. Yeah, he was uh, saying how, he was, how excited he was to play this character. He's coming on as Soldier Boy, and he couldn't reveal too much, but essentially he's uh, he's been held captive somewhere, and they find him, recover him. Soldier. Uh, and from then on, it's just him. He said like his uh, first... He, he actually had to audition for the role. He wasn't, he wasn't just handed. He had to really fight for it because they wanted like a bigger name actor initially. Amazon did. What are you talking about? He's a big name actor. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Eric Kripke, the showrunner for the boys, of course, was the original creator of Supernatural. And he was like, yeah, let me um, find a spot for you. And so he did, but he still had to audition for it and everything. And his scene that he had to audition for was a tense dialogue between him and Billy Butcher. And... Um, and he's saying the the character of Soldier Boy, he's like the other superheroes. Like he he doesn't really age. He's not immortal, but like they you know they have like an extended lifespan because of their powers or whatever. And so this guy like fought in freaking World War II and shit. And he is very much of the old 1940s generation in a like 40 year old man's body. So he's like a 90 year old like arrogant piss and vinegar grandpa in a 40 year old body <laughs> well he's done that on supernatural and it was amazing okay calm down Dick. just saying <laughs> but yeah so i can imagine that's that leads to a lot of fun and insanity <laughs> yeah. uh speaking of insanity one of the first headlines i saw for this next week's podcast Daniel Radcliffe. I was I was going to bring this up if you didn't bring it up. Oh man! Deadline <laughs> reported that Daniel Radcliffe will star as our beloved Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, he's uh, in, playing Weird Al's biopic in a biopic. Yeah, that that's going to be bonkers. There's no there's no other way to say it. Oh, I'm excited. Daniel, he's got that great like crazy twinkle in his eye i'm i love that he has leaned in isn't weird isn't weird al though tall and daniel radcliffe is kind of tiny 
but it's Hollywood, man. Like Tom Cruise is four foot nothing and True. they make him an action star. This is a good point. Yeah. He is literally a dwarf. Yeah. Do not sue us, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Please, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's going to be rad. Um, here's one I didn't see coming out of left field. John Watts, uh, mm-hmm. helmer of our new beloved Spider-Man trilogy. So he's on top of the world. He's got freaking Spider-Man, the three insanely successful Spider-Man movies under his belt and what's the next project he wants to do he is looking to resurrect the final destination franchise oh jesus <laughs> do we need more final destination didn't it get like eight films uh it got five surprisingly not more than that it was actually five and the fifth one was supposed to be like the the final final destination in, in 2011 there was and no was, like made for TV movies or sci-fi specials or anything. Maybe there might've been, I don't know, but officially oh, don't worry, we're reminded of it. Every time we're behind a truck with, it was like logs. Yeah. Or we see a garbage disposal. Uh-huh. So anyway, yeah, they, they, they capped off the, uh, the original franchise in that 2011 fifth official movie uh this your five yeah this would be the sixth one they're not quite saying if it's going to be a full reboot or continuation of some sort but i I think the big thing now i think i think hollywood is slowly moving away from reboots and and they are transitioning into the nostalgia continuations yeah so So more of a the it'll focus on a new cast of characters of course but we'll have some sort of ties to like yeah the previous happenings yeah Probably, yeah. But yeah, apparently uh, John Watts, he said him and his wife are like huge Final Destination nuts. And so he is in talks to uh, to uh, produce the next one. What an amazing concept, though. It's basically like five movies on the most creative ways to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all it is. It's like, so, how, how? what's the most insane crazy yet somewhat plausible way people die well now we have to be creative of this because we're now in the zoomer generation they're the ones who have to get the fear struck into them so it's it's hard to strike fear into zoomers they want to die anyway it's it's gotta (laughs) it's gotta be something like tiktok will kill you like somehow (laughs) somehow posting your stupid dance is going to kill you you post you post your you post your dance on tiktok and the ring girl starts doing your dance and then you fucking die to the ring girl (laughs) there you go full-on crossover (laughs) jesus oh boy um oh i had another note here sorry uh going back to that jensen eccles interview um he also revealed he is uh Michael Rosenbaum interviewing was asking him about like superhero stuff. Would he ever want to get involved with that? I mean, technically, I mean, the boys is a superhero property, but like a, like a Marvel or DC, like, do you have any like dream character you'd love to play or project you'd like to, and he got really coy about the answer, but he said he is secretly developing quietly developing a project with DC and Warner brothers. He can't say anything about it yet because he doesn't want to jinx it or anything, but, uh, but there may be some, full-on superheroics from uh 
um dean winchester been there doing that right now can't yeah. talk about it yeah pretty much yeah. uh in the world of disney's incessant live action remakes <laughs> what Later part of their our childhood are they tearing apart now to uh, make a live action i mean this one is fine it, i don't hold it like very near and dear to my heart I mean, it's it's i mean i like the original but it's not one of those like the precious baby that i'm like oh don't you dare touch that uh <laughs> the aristocats um now when i hear live action Why? all those are going to be cg it's not really yeah it's going to be know cg the of the movie cats no they're just gonna make an aristocrats joke the entire time it'll be one long aristocrats joke yeah there'll be a cg cat like bob saget there just yes just putting his head in his palm while he goes on to depths of depravity (laughs) the worst known vile things a human can do to another human yeah um i'd watch it okay yeah. oh it's it's the same guys who did the uh who directed the peter rabbit movies which meg you kind of enjoyed those they're like yeah cutesy I mean, family fine. ones you know they're not amazing i'm likely never gonna watch them ever again in my life but i needed to give them one go through they're very much geared towards children there's not even really any adult jokes to go around to have it kind of border mm-hmm. The adult and kid viewership but you know they're fine they're not terrible i'm just remembering now you know which one i've always been weirdly curious about just because i heard so many people say oh this is actually a really good set of movies is the paddington ones the paddington yeah ones. i heard that same thing too like it's it's them. good for all ages supposedly yeah put that on our never-ending list um and the last little bit that i have here todd is um Mad Max Furiosa. Yes. Yes. Uh, four days ago, it was announced. They are set to begin filming in March. So it is happening. Now, of course, this is a prequel story about Furiosa and her life Don't leading care. up to, um, you know, the events of Fury Road. So it's actually, as much as they would lo- have loved to invite Charlize back, um, you know, they the story they're covering is a much younger version of her. Uh, but good news. It's Anya Taylor joy who uh, I think Meg actually saw this news first um, that they were going to be filming soon. A, a friend on Facebook posted about it. And, uh, but you said, or your friend said something about like, Oh, I would watch Charlie's like, just do her taxes, do her taxes or something <laughs> like, for two hours. I'm like, absolutely. We would. Unfortunately, Charlie Saron is not coming back in this uh, in this prequel, but to which I responded, I will watch Anya Taylor Joy do her taxes one for of, two hours. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. uh, and yeah. also in this announcement, I forgot uh, Chris Hemsworth is also attached to this, and uh, he had some words to say about it. He is incredibly excited to join this franchise <clears> because <throat> him being native Australian, like Mad Max, is like his fucking Star Wars growing up. Like that is huge. So now him getting to be a part of that is incredible. So, Todd, did you ever watch that trailer that we told you about last time with Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Radcliffe and not Chris Hemsworth, Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum, Sandra Bullock, the the Lost City? Did you watch that? Yeah. 
It looks wacky fun. Yep. Yeah. All right. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. How about you, Todd? Uh nothing else. Uh just Jackass Forever had another trailer recently and I saw that and I just can't wait for that to come out. That didn't come out already? No, it got postponed because of COVID. Mm. Wow. Who do they think they are? Tom Cruise? (laughs) (laughs) Just throw it on streaming. (laughs) To be fair, Jackass is best watched with a bunch of your Jackass friends. Mm. It's, it's better to watch as a group. And I, it was really fun to watch in theaters with a bunch of other like-minded asshole people. Yeah, I could see that. Everybody laughs. You laugh harder. They laugh harder. No. Yeah. I get it. It's the experience of watching yeah. it. Yeah. I that mean, is they're fun. That is a communal experience. <laughs> exactly. They are funny movies on their own, but it is best with a group. Gotcha. All right. I honestly, I don't think I've ever seen any of their movies. <sighs> Neither I've is seen Tony. Show, yeah. like bits and pieces of their show, but I don't think I've actually ever watched any of their movies from start to finish. Next time I actually <laughs> pull my ass out of my couch or out of my gaming chair and come down to your house, we are watching ja- at least one of the Jackass films together. Oh, God. Yeah, we've had this conversation. I literally, I mean, I feel like I have a little bit of cred because I saw the proto Jackass. You're, you're the Jackass. hipster. You watched was, the C, this, uh, CKY before? Yeah, Can't Kill Yourself, which was like, they were like, it was, it was their, it was some of their friends who I think it was like Bam Margera's old, like yeah. school friends or something. Like they had a band and then they would like film band slash skate videos slash prank videos. And there were, the initial one was like Can't Kill Yourself. I think they did one or two of the, then they, they had the second one was CKY2K, like Camp Kill Yourself 2000. And that was when I got a friend. I don't remember who introduced me to that. And we watched that incessantly when I was like in seventh grade or something. Yeah, every and then like it, 12 year old watched those. Of, of course yeah. we did. Of course we did. And then it rolled over into Jackass and Jackass became the movies. And No, wait, if that, and, that was 2000 that I was older than that because I graduated high school of three shit that was, like 14 that, or 15. that was high school age yeah oh yeah oh i think it was i when i reconnected with josh and them i think in high school whatever anyway but yeah yeah so i i have it's funny because i've seen like <clears throat> i saw like the jackass before it was cool but i've <laughs> never actually seen any of the official jackass movies and like meg only like a couple little bits of the show but, it, it it's good stuff yeah it, it's good good hilarious people fucking with each other uh-huh. <laughs> and that shaped that shaped a very a very specific couple of years in my early teen life so mm-hmm. i will always have a fondness for it like all things that's and i will i will never i will never not laugh at people being punched in the face with oversized fists <laughs> <laughs> Or in the dick. <laughs> or in the dick. Yeah. That was the one part of the trailer that did get me. Who was the guest star they had that gets uh, like one of the... I think it was Eric Andre. Eric Andre, yeah. And he's like, it's like at a, at like a taco truck or something. He's like getting drinks or food or something. And then the fist just pff, explodes out. Like, what did you do to Eric Andre? 
Uh-oh. I think we have a Todd down. Uh, yep, I got spectrumed. Hello? <laughs> there, you're, you're good now. Okay. All right, guys. Should we uh, should we call it? That's about all I got to say about that. That's about it. You've got you got two back to back weeks of getting off topic. Goodness is more than enough of our dumbasses. And we all got busy weekends next week. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got to be so social. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. Oh yeah. You guys actually go. You still go to live people's homes for your game night. We're we've we been go very to person's home for ex- game night. <laughs> exceedingly selective. Yeah, with people we very much trust. Yeah, in a very small group. But yeah. <laughs> the only person I've seen in the last three weeks has been one delivery driver. <laughs> <laughs> you just strike up conversation like, hey, so no, I I grabbed <laughs> I, I grabbed my food from it because they were pissing me off. Like they were walking around. It's a Taco Bell order. Like there's a time limit on on how long you can hold Taco Bell before it becomes inedible. I mean, more well, inedible some, than <laughs> some. Yeah, some people would argue it's not in a, it's inedible to begin with. But there's there's a point where your crunchy taco becomes a soft taco, and that's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just walking around my complex. They passed my door like three different times, and so I just said "fuck it" and I put on a mask and I walked outside and I grabbed the food from them and I just without saying anything i just turned and walked away and they wait 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 can i get a photo can i get a photo of the food and i just kept walking a photo <laughs> of the food because the drivers have to do um if if your food has been delivered to the wrong address or anything like that multiple times um you, your account gets flagged and they have to take a photo of the food when they drop it off because i have uh, my mine is said as no contact delivery so they're not supposed to knock on the door or ring the doorbell or wait for me to accept the food they're supposed to just put it at my door and fuck off huh well sometimes they don't do that and sometimes the if they put it at the wrong address the only way that i know where it is is because they're supposed to send a photo of it hmm. i learned something new about food delivery yeah all right this is very interesting for podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining, guys. This is Tony. Fuck off. This is Todd. <laughs> and Meg. <laughs> Meg, dreaming of Soldier Boy. Yeah. Soldier Boy. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.